Recording here. All right. So, welcome to the Drowning Fish Podcast once again. Howdy. My boy Marquise is in the building. Um, This is what, the second, third time? Number three, baby. Come on, Trace Loco. Nice. Yes, sir. That's nice. So, uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. That's it. (laughs) It's a treat having you on mm. because like sweet tarts, just like having those conversations with you. Well, I'm glad that you feel that way. Um, I am pretty interesting, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Is that called narcissism? That's ego. Ego. Yeah. Dude, there's a big difference between... um Self-confidence, narcissism. I feel like they get misconstrued. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between, like, having all the confidence in the world. But also, you can't be like, there's no way nobody can shut me down. Because there's somebody out there that can, you know? Yeah. So, just kind of having that self-awareness, like... I can fall any time, but at the same time, I'm a bad motherfucker. Absolutely. And I'm going to get this shit done. (laughs) Man, that's so true. But you have to think like that, honestly, I feel. Because the world, from what I'm learning, is like the world is ruthless. For better or for worse. So, you know, until somebody comes knocking you down, you might as well be confident. And then just take your L's in peace. Yeah. Kind of like with dignity. Just just kind of learn from that experience, you know, and figure out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Yeah. Is that called being humble? Yeah, being humble and kind of like I said just being self-aware too, man, cuz I know there's a lot of people out there who think that they're top dog when they're not top dog. <laughs> cuz I've definitely I mean I've definitely been there, and then I'm just like, fuck, I'm really not top dog. Yeah. But, uh... I mean, I guess you are top dog until you're not. True. That's where I... That's why I feel like I'm confident. Because, I mean, I can just walk around and mope and be like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm trash at this. But, like, no, I don't want to walk around like that because it doesn't make me feel good. But in the case that I get into a situation or something happens where I get humbled, then I'm like, oh, dang. All right, all right. You you, you win this round. Yeah. But I'm going to get better. And then, like, we'll see if it happens again. If it happens again, all right. Okay, okay. Uh, there you go. Okay, you got that one. Well, I can definitely tell just by that, uh, just by that, like, statement that you've gotten punched in the face before. Like, you've gotten fucking punched in the mouth by life. Because there's people out there that's never had it hard, bro. This and, is true. And they're like, for in their mind, you know, they've never lost. Yeah. And then when they have one loss, you know, if it's a small or a big one, they kind of just, they're their own enemy because it gets in their head and then they never bounce back. Yeah, I... 
it's very interesting that you say that because it just reminds me of this video that I seen the other day. I think it was a TED talk. And this guy, he was saying that a lot of students that go to Harvard are like, he said that I, I believe 50% roughly of Harvard students are depressed because they've never got bad grades, right? Like think of what it takes to get into Harvard and then like you go to Harvard and like Harvard's not easy. Like that's where the best of the best are academically, you know, and then you go to Harvard and you get a C. <laughs> you've like, you got, you've never had a C. You've never had a C yeah. Right. But like, you know, at Harvard, I've seen another video where this guy, he was just going interviewing Harvard students and just asking them, you know, how did, what did you do to get into Harvard? And like these students, they're like, oh, I was just, you know, captain of the track team or captain of the sports team. And I was valedictorian and I had a 4.5 GPA and, you know, the absolutely brilliant individuals. But the unspoken thing is just that, like, when they get to Harvard, they're around the upper echelon of academically bright individuals. And, you know, it's a competition. And it's like, all right, can you hang with the best of the best? Maybe. Like you can get there, but like can you can you ride out the wave? Yeah. And I mean, I think that they're I don't know if they have uh I think that again, I don't know if they have it, but if they don't, they should definitely have some kind of like counseling where students should go in and Somebody could be like, hey, it's okay to be third place. You're still at the top institution. You're like, you're still in, at the best institution in the yeah. world. And uh, not everybody's meant to be first place, you know? Yeah. I mean, first place, there's only there's only one number one. Yeah. You know, there could be a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a, what they say, there's an infinite amount of space between each number, you know? So, like, you can all be number one in your region. In your division, all right. When I was a freshman in high school, I won state. But what I don't tell people is that I I won state in my division, and then the next week, I ran it. I ran against the other seven best state play like track runners in the state, and I got smoked. <laughs> like I got smoked by everyone, but I'm still in the top eight, all right, in the state. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's better than being zero. It's hey. better than not participating at all and never finding out what you're truly capable at. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm glad you got there, bro. Because you know, I I wasn't really good at sports. It was kind of like a a pastime for me. I wanted to be good. In my head, I thought I was decent enough, but I really wasn't. Did you? I, I always like to ask this question whenever I talk about like someone's skill set as something. And like me, I, I will say that I've I feel blessed to have like the body that I have where I'm I, I recognize that I'm, you know, a little bit like above the cut when it comes to like genetics and like my body type and I can, you know, jump kinda high and run kinda fast. But like at the same time, aside from the genetics and aside from like the natural stuff, I also put in a lot of work. 
right? And my question to you is, is like, do you think that you could have been better if you put in more work or if you had a different type of mentality when it came to sports? Do you think that you could have been better than what you were had you put in more effort towards, I guess, um, evolving your skill or, you know, just getting better, you know, do you think that something that you could have did? I think about that sometimes because I think that when I played soccer, I was really trying, like Mm -hmm. I was really trying, but when I played football, I was kind of like, honestly, I didn't want to get fucking hit. Like I didn't want to get rocked by the biggest guys. And that was kind of like my physique at the time. I was not in a good shape. Like I was malnourished. And basically really, really skinny towards like high school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, I mean, I don't think that I, I don't think that it would have changed anything because I think that I would have gotten more pissed off with myself and the world because I've never really said this at all, but, uh, when I played sports in high school, I played soccer, um, you know, I thought that I was really good or I thought that I was good enough to start. To be honest, I wasn't. And now I look back at it and I kind of had this uh, mentality of if I worked hard in practice, I would start. Or if I behaved well, if I didn't do, you know, if I didn't engage in the outside world of drinking and smoking or whatever, mm-hmm. like that's what I really thought. And I didn't do any of that. Like I didn't fucking drink, smoke, you know, made sure that my grades were good enough to where I didn't have to like run extra hard and practice mm. when the report cards came out. Yeah. Um, but I was really entitled, like extremely entitled where I thought that I had to, pl- I thought I had to start because I thought I worked hard. When that wasn't the case, I wasn't good enough, and Coach saw that. And uh, a while back ago, like a couple years back ago, um, I was working out real early. It was like 5 a.m., and I saw my soccer coach in there. And I kind of thanked him, you know, because I was like, I was like, hey, man, you know, I, I kind of thanked him and apologized at the same time because I was like, hey, kind of grew up a little bit and I, I noticed that in high school I was a little bit of in, in like the entitlement. Yeah. And uh, I thought that I was better than what I was and now that I come to the realization that I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't <laughs> yeah. good at all. Um, You know, kind of I kind of A humbling a, experience. A humbling experience and I kind of took a step back and I put myself in maybe his shoes because how, you know, how do you tell a young man without pissing them off or running them off the team that, Hey, you're not good enough kid. Like I enjoy having you on the team. I love the work ethic, but it's, this isn't your sport you're not going to cut it out. And, uh, let's be honest, bro. Like where we went to school or where when I went to, where I went to school, cause you went out to a different state, but where I went to school, it wasn't like top tier school. It was a fucking three, four, a, in Arkansas. Yeah. So it's not, even if you're the top player, what does it matter? You're top player for the, 
high school. Like it, I look back at it and it doesn't, you know, I really, I really don't care about that anymore, but it was a humbling experience. And to be honest, even when I played football, the, uh, like I look back at it and I think like the best thing about playing sports was discipline Mm. and just like having that teamwork and actually building a relationship with people that you may have never talked to if you never played sports. Yeah. And uh, also like the coaches, man, like you can get one conversation out of the whole year and that can change your whole life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like I still look back one of our coaches that we had, you know, it, he basically said, you know, when we would be working out or running or whatever, you know, it's it's all in your head. You know, if you keep going, you're, you're going to be all right. Obviously, you know, there's a definition between being hurt and being injured. You know, shit hurts. Like if you're lifting weights, that shit hurts. You're cramping, that shit hurts. Being injured is breaking your fucking bones. Yeah. So that's where I kind of like learned. Uh, I played through, I mean, I practiced through a lot of pain, but um, it was a real humbling experience. And just the best thing is the discipline and actually like getting my grades to a point where I didn't, you know, have to run and do other shit. Because I did that once in football. We called it Sheila. And I don't know if you remember, but if we had bad grades, we would have to run Sheila. And I did that one time and I told myself I'll never get bad grades ever again. Like I'll never fall below a C. Yeah. And I never did. That's good. Um, I agree to an extent. All right. Just to kind of backtrack a little bit, because you said that, you know, going back to high school, when you think about it, it doesn't really matter that, you know, we went to a small school. But, you know, I ended up moving to Vegas for anybody who doesn't know. I lived in Las Vegas for eight years and um, coming from the town that we live in, going to Las Vegas, where um, what was if had I stayed, how big was the graduating class? Not that big. I don't even remember, to be honest with you. Less than 100, maybe probably less than 100, around 100. Yeah. My graduating class was 590 something. Yeah. Right. So when you go from a small town to like a big city, I think that I always have this image in my head that like, okay, so what is what is making this country run? Right. The brightest individuals or, you know, when it comes to sports. Right. Um, Who are the ones getting recruited to these colleges? Right. It doesn't matter what school you go to. Right. If you're good, you're good. Right. So think about someone like Tom Brady. Right. Like we've all seen his uh, his draft picture. Right. Not very inspiring looking, but like Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Right. This man is having his best start as a quarterback right now. And he's what? How old is Tom Brady? 42, 43. 42, 43 years old. He's having his best start ever. <laughs> oh, he might be like 44. It might be a line. I, I was thinking 44, right? In my head, that was the number, 44. But, like, this dude's having his best start ever as a quarterback at 44 years old, you know? So, 
like when you're young, you're naive, right? And the importance and the value of positive thinking is like absolutely, you don't understand it because you're naive. Like me at 23 now, I don't want to think anything negative ever because it's so easy. It's easy to be like, ah, oh, this sucks. Ah, I, this is hard. Yeah, life is hard, but it's fair because it's hard for everybody, you know? And we live in America. To anybody who doesn't think that America is not the best country and like you don't have it easy, go visit, you know, some third world country, stay there for a week, don't stay in a hotel, you know, live off the land like most of the rest of the world does. All right. It's it's nearly impossible to starve, even as like a homeless person in America. Right. If you're really down bad and just commit a crime, go to jail. Three hots in a cot. You'd be all right. But like we live in the land of opportunity and like if you don't value that and you just constantly are giving yourself negative thoughts and you're feeding into your own negativity, you're, you're going to manifest a life of negativity. You're going to be a, like, you're going to become what you think you are, right? The way that I carry myself currently, I don't carry myself like the world is against me, Right? I just know the world is against me. So like, I'm going to go against the world. All right. And I'm going to do what I got to do. And I'm going to be who I want to be because at the end of the day, I'm responsible for myself. All right. And I'm responsible for the decisions that I make. And I'm responsible for the way that I think. And when it comes to sports, you know, if you have a son or a daughter and they're interested in something and they're not good at it, the best way to go about it is to be like, hey, you're not good at this. However, you need like it's a it's a you got to shift their their way of thinking. Right. Just because somebody's not good at something, you don't have to cater to their you know emotions and be like, oh, like, how do I go about it? No, just tell them. Be honest. People respect honesty. Right. Your rep. If you have a good reputation with someone and you are always honest with someone, but you also care for them and you love them and you're always like that and you're always honest you shouldn't really have an issue being honest about negative negative things you know it's a way to essentially build someone up like hey right now you don't have the right work ethic right you don't work hard enough to be as successful as you could be right tom brady naturally he like his body isn't like the greatest, you know, like most fit body in the NFL, but like he developed his skill as far as knowledge and, you know, awareness. That's why he's so successful is because he's mastered the other fundamentals, like the athleticism, like he, he's a human, right? Our bodies are like, we, yes, we have failing bodies, but you know, like if you work out hard and you put the time in, right, you may not be as fit and as toned up as this person over there who's naturally fit and toned up and who's also put in a lot of work into their body to become even more fit and toned, right? 
maybe you have to work just as hard as them to get to like their default. All right. But their default is going to be fantastic. They're just, you know, they may not, they may not have to worry about that. They have to focus on other things. Right. So the compare, it's a big comparison, man, that's a big thing that you have to be mindful of is comparing yourself to someone who is better than you. Right. You need to like humble yourself and be like, Hey, how can I get better at this? What can I do? All right. And I think that if you do that, you may not become a professional and you may not be great, but I guarantee you'd be better than the average Joe who doesn't think like that, who just gives up at, in the face of adversity. Don't be that guy. Anyways. No, that was great. That was awesome, man. I enjoyed that. So you're reading a book. A very knowledgeable, knowledgeable book. But... I mean, not but, but no, I agree with a lot of what, of uh, everything you said there. There's just a, I think that every kid in America, for the most part, plays some kind of sport or they're in some kind of extracurricular activity. Um, And it boils down to what are they, you know, what are they interested at? Mm-hmm. Because to be honest, in, uh, when I started playing soccer in ninth grade, I literally in myself believed I am decent enough to probably play college soccer. Mm-hmm. And then I started to play and I was like, no, there's no fucking chance. Dude, I would get like fucking other players on the other team. Like when you play them, you know who's top dog. And that, that's what really got me was my, just my mentality was like, dude, there's no way I'll ever be as good as these players. Um, and I really didn't make that effort of like when I found out that I wasn't as good as other people was basically like 11th grade. And I had already been playing for two years, mm-hmm. practicing, playing. And I'm just like, nope, there's no fucking way I'm ever going to beat these kids. Like, they're too fucking good. And they've been playing since they were probably like six years old. Yeah. I picked it up. I picked it up in ninth grade. Yeah. Never played. Never even watched a sport. Like, growing up, my parent, my dad loved soccer. I didn't, I didn't enjoy watching it. And I just started playing it because I thought that, you know, I'd be okay at it because I'm brown. And that was <laughs> the case, bro. Like, I fucking sucked. That's that naivety that I was telling you about, right? That also goes into what I was saying when we were eating earlier, where I was like, man, I think I could have been so much better at football if I had played when I was younger and I wasn't scared to get hit because I did not want to get hit, right? I felt like, I remember one of our coaches was like, he told me, he was the, you said it, there's a difference between being injured and a difference between like getting hurt, right? And I guarantee you, I guarantee you that every player in the NFL, the NBA, the WNBA, tennis, hockey, MLS, cricket, right? Like all of these professional athletes are always hurting. Always. I say the sacrifice to be an elite athlete is your feet. Right. Like I work out pretty regularly and my feet hurt all the time. (laughs) Like my feet hurt all the time. I can't imagine what it's like being 
you know, like, have you seen pictures of like Shaq's feet or like LeBron James's toes, right? Like their feet are jacked up, but they, I'm sure they're just going through the pain, right? Mind over matter. And when you're young, unless you have someone like instilling this into your head, right? That's the difference between like a team like Alabama, Nick Saban, where they are winning national championships all the time versus a team like, you know, South Florida or Tulsa, you know, where they're not on the same level, right? The difference is the the coaches, right? And I, I'm very harsh on coaches now as I get older because my coaches in Vegas, I don't think they cared about me. I don't think they cared about my success, right? And when you're a teenager, you need guidance, right? Um, if you don't have that guidance and you just let a teenager do whatever a teenager does and let them figure it out, they'll get through life and they'll probably you know be okay. But if you properly groom someone into excellence and you have coaches that care and like the coaches don't have to care too much, right? But, like, if you have a coach that, like, says one good thing like yours did to you, right, or you have one good teacher or one good role model, it doesn't even have to be just sports. It could just be in life. If you have somebody that will keep it real with you, think about it. Think about those people that have given you, like, great advice. I bet you have a lot of respect for them in comparison to someone who just kind of caters to what you think, right? People who challenge you and make a good point, you may not like it in that moment. You may get a little defensive, but if you really sit there and resonate and like, dang, why did that person say that to me? Like, why were they so passionate about what they said? Like, is it true? Maybe, right? Especially when it's positive. And if that person has a good reputation with you and they've been consistent and they haven't done you wrong. And they are giving you good advice on a regular basis. And it is, it, this time it may be negative. Is it a good reason to cut somebody off? Right. And I feel like that's really what it is. It's like we cut people off. We cut people out of our lives the moment that if we don't like them or they've already done something to us that we don't like or they rub us the wrong way, we cut them off. Right. But if it's somebody you respect already and they have a good reputation and they say something to you, right, either you, you have one of two choices. You can take it resonate and like let it you know build you up or you can let it break you down and you know some of the like all the people that i respect the most are the ones who've given me advice that i thought i didn't need in that moment yeah there's also a lot of bad advice out there oh yeah i mean I've probably, and I, I don't know if I've said this or I don't know if I've told you this, but um, like I, I, I'm kind of an observer. I observe people mm -hmm. and I kind of just watch their actions and what kind of works for them and what kind of sets them off. And, you know, I, I've come to the realization that I know what not to do more than what to do, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's just, I don't know if that's just like human instinct. Like when we were cavemen, 
Like, oh, don't touch the fucking fire that, you know, Billy just started over there last week. Yeah. Because he just invented fire like it's hot. <laughs> don't fucking touch it. Um, It's kind of like one of those things. Obviously, there's a... It's not rocket science to, like, run a stoplight. You know, just... Those are just common rules in life. Like, mm-hmm. don't fucking do dumb shit. But there's, like... Just basic things, man. Like, especially we have a lot of average Joes and it's okay to be an average Joe. If you want to be an average person, that's fine. But nothing wrong with being average. There's nothing wrong with being below average. They might not even know that they're below average. They don't, they don't even fucking know. They're just living life. You know, they're just walking around, um, working, doing their shit. And I respect that. But I kind of want to, you know, be a little bit more, um, know a little bit more and kind of just listen to people that might know something I don't. Yeah. Um, but especially like if you want to be a better leader or if you want to become, you know, something that you're not, that you've been striving to do, just learning the don'ts is, I think, is equally as important as doing like learning the do's. Yeah. Um, and like I said, man, just having bad advice, you know, from somebody that because somebody can be really successful, but they might fucking have a really bad home life. Yeah. So kind of just taking that in and being like, OK, don't do that. Like after work, don't go to the bar and have drinks because you might want to go home to your family and yeah. spend time with them. Um, Just little things like that, that have kind of just rolled into my life that are to, to everyone listening. That's like, Oh, it's common sense. But I'm just like, Oh yeah, that would probably, you know, destroy some people. Yeah. I mean, it's real, man. There's so many people out here doing dumb stuff on a regular basis and they don't even take into consideration the consequences. Right. I've been saying this a lot the past few weeks, but like, Everything you do, there's a consequence. Consequences are indiscriminate. They could be good. They could be bad. Right. But if you. Let's let's do fitness. I love fitness. Right. Fitness is health is the new wealth. All right. And why do you think that when you go to the hospital. And you like cut yourself or something, you get a band aid. And I'm speaking from personal experience here. All right. I smashed my finger in the in the in the car door before this was a few years ago and i thought i broke my thumb i was crying and dude i was down bad <laughs> and uh i went to the hospital and they did an x-ray and they were like yeah there's, it's not broken it's just hurting <laughs> but they gave me like this uh, little wrap and i kid you not they charged me 500 dollars for this wrap right what am i going to do I mean, obviously, I could have denied the rap because, yeah, the doctor actually asked me, do you want one? I was like, yeah. yeah. But the point is, is like if you're actually hurt, right, or if you have something going on in your body. They can charge you whatever. Because it's a matter of life and death when you go to a hospital, you may th- like even if it's a small injury, right? Like it could become a big injury. Um, our buddy Chance, right? He uh, he had a callus on his hand and 
I guess it got infected and it, um, the pain like spread, like he said that the pain had spread up his arm into his shoulder and, um, you know, he ended up going to the hospital and he asked the doctor, he was like, so hypothetically speaking, say I never came to the doctor when I did, like, what would have happened? He was in the doctor. He said the doctor told him you would have been here anyways, you know, right. It was like, if you didn't come, you, you would have been here. Right, because it would have got so infected, it would have infected his blood, and he had to go to the hospital, and it would have been a lot worse. Right, just from a callus on your hand. Right, and the only thing I could think of is like, man, imagine how bad it was for Vikings. You know? Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> like we got it so good, you know. Like, shout out to the Vikings for creating a world in which, like, now we live in. You know, they had to die of calluses. I died of everything, man. Yeah, I mean, they could have, I mean, it's funny, dude, because they could have, like, imagine you're sitting there talking to your buddy, you know, um, just eating whatever the fuck they ate. Meat and turkey legs. (laughs) Whole turkey legs. (laughs) A whole turkey. (laughs) And uh, here comes fucking Viking Joe. He's walking. And he's a clumsy one, and he falls and fucking, like, he has buck teeth, and he falls on some dude's shoulder, and he fucking, like, bites him. He's fucking done, dude. I'm sure it's happened at least once. He's dead. (laughs) Get tetanus. All right. So health is, like, that's the point, right? It was like, your health is invaluable, right? And there's so many people that don't value their health, right? But... I, I don't know. I I believe that people should be more mindful. Ultimately, I believe people should be more mindful of their health. Um, I lost my train of thought. That's what happened just now. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's why I hate going on tangents. <laughs> <laughs> tangents are your thing. Yeah, they are my thing. But I like I hate when I like I had a point. This happens to me so often, dude. It happens to me, too, because, man, I'm not a fan of multitasking at all. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, there's so much proof out in the world that will tell you that multitasking is not as effective as sitting down or not even you don't even have to sit down. Mm -hmm. Just focus on one one objective and get it fucking done. Yeah. That works way more than trying to fucking balance three or four things. Yeah. Because then you're not even going to get one 25% done. Exactly. So a lot, I mean, especially at work, I'm not going to obviously say where I work or what I do. Um, we have a lot of shit, like a lot of moving parts, man. Um, you know, somebody might need something like I, I might have like four or five people trying to talk to me at one fucking time. And I just got to kind of like, Boiled like it all comes down to what's the most important fucking thing mm-hmm. and knock that shit out and then move on to the next one. Yeah. And that's just like with everything in life, like you got to fucking do what you got to fucking do, like knock out the important shit and then mm-hmm. move on to the next one. Absolutely. Man, it. It's especially hard when it seems like you're the only person who understands that concept. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people know, but a lot of people, like, they don't. It's entitlement, dude. Um, this is one thing I'll say about the military is they work together to solve a common goal and then move on to the next one. And they're so efficient because they all, like, at least that company or department or whatever, however you want to platoon, whatever you want to word it as. I don't know the correct wording. Um, but, like, they'll resolve an issue efficiently. Right. And they're all on the same page about resolving this issue. And like maybe you know, obviously there's some variation between, you know, how efficient, but like for the most part in general, right, our army wouldn't be so or our military wouldn't be so effective if they were always trying to solve different things at once. Right. You have one issue, resolve the issue, on to the next issue. Efficiency. And that's one thing I do like about the military is just that like structure discipline you know in comparison to like working at a company where you know leadership starts at the top and most companies suck at choosing leadership absolutely suck yeah i kind of have another opinion on that too like just depending on what where your location's at the circumstance, you know, and the just just like the job you're in, the industry you're in, like how many people want that job for the pay that they're getting? You know, if we're going down this rabbit hole and this topic, right, I'm going to give you my brutal, honest opinion. And my brutal, honest opinion is just that, like, I believe that there are hardships that people go through in life that kind of limit them to their potential absolutely however people recognize like hard workers right you i I guarantee you you know who all your hard workers are guarantee i guarantee you know who all your reliable people are regardless of their background like you know if someone wants to work they're gonna work right and it's it's all about I kind of go back to the mentoring thing, but like if, if say I'm a manager somewhere, right. And I have this worker who just sucks, right. I get them. They suck. But like everybody has potential and not everybody has perspective. Right. And perspective is very important to a lot of things because if you have the perspective, you would do things differently. Right. And if you have someone who doesn't work hard, they probably don't know what hard work is. They like if you if you have a, a, a leader who is kind of a go getter, they do things, they lead like someone who leads by example. Right. Um, like, yeah, you're not going to be able to, you know, get everybody on your same page. But like you got to like really break it down to people. Right. And I feel like a lot of people give up before they even like they give. It's really easy to give up on somebody because like ah, this person is just like somebody I work with. I, what do I need to invest in them for? But like the truth of the matter is, is most of us who work jobs spend a large majority of our time at our jobs around these people that we don't like because ultimately we don't like their work ethic. We don't like the productivity 
that we don't like how productive they are. You know, there's so many things to dislike about someone and how they do things, but it's harder, I feel, to be like, okay, maybe this person doesn't even get it. You know, how can I, how can I help this person? All right. If you can figure that out, then like you could get that terrible person who sucks at their job to at the very least doing the bare minimum to where you don't have to micromanage them. Right. How do you do that? I talk to them like they're a kid, but like respectfully. Right. Why? Like challenge people because everybody isn't on the same level, man. Like mentally, everybody's not on the same level. Some people are a little bit more prepared for, you know, what's really happening. It's a dog eat dog world. Strong will survive. All right. And if you don't want to work here or if you don't want to do what you're doing or whatever, however you feel. Right. You need to get with the program. Because you're affecting everybody else around you. Right. And this happens all over. Right. That's why pe people really don't leave. Like you could have a terrible job. Like I'm sure you've worked a job that you kind of hated. And like, yeah, the job may have sucked so bad that you left. But for the most part, like at least my personal experience, I've left jobs because I've had bad managers. Right. People who just kind of treat you without any respect but they try and impose these things, right? If you treat somebody with respect and you impose your principles and your way of work, that's different than if you're just a jerk because you got this title, right? Like, I don't respect people like that. And I'll tell them, right? Don't let this position go to your head because at the end of the day, I'm a person and you're a person and I'm a little bit bigger than you, <laughs> right? So, like, watch the way you talk to me. But, like, that's an extreme. But, like, if people just had that, like, I treat, like, if I see somebody who, like, could probably mess me up, I'm going to give them a respect. So, like, all they have to do is just respect me. Right? But at the same time, right, just because I, you're bigger than me, don't don't get to talking crazy. Because I take my L's with pride. <laughs> you know? Like, you'd be like Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. You may win, but, like, I'm going to get my licks, too. Right? Yeah. So, like, but I also feel like that's a man mentality. Like maybe women don't think like that. Um, but like throughout history, right? Like it's in movies. You don't disrespect another man just for the hell of it. Like, no, dude, like <laughs> you never know what that dude could be. Like men are crazy yeah, to an extent, right? Like men don't just walk around disrespecting other men because you never know what going on upstairs right but if you treat somebody with respect they'll treat you with respect right and if you're a manager and you hold people accountable for their job and what they're supposed to be doing right then they'll probably get with the program so long as you have a consistent track record of treating them with respect that's how i see it i was gonna say something i fucking forgot yeah, it's gonna be f something pretty funny, but I I totally fucking forgot. You're always forgetting stuff, dude. But that was also what led us into this. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Oh, 
It was something to do with me fighting, but I'm not much of a fighter. Like I'll tell people, like I'll I'll defend myself with my you know my with the hands that I have if I have to, but I don't fight. Like I'm I'm not gonna fight somebody. Um, I mean I've punched people in the face. I've gotten punched in the face. It's not fun. So, yeah. That's why I tell people like, bro, I don't fight. That's why I carry. Like I'll I'll shoot a motherfucking knee, bro. In Walmart. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I won't do that. Kind of got to defuse the situation, you know. Got to as a man, you kind of got to step away um from certain situations sometimes and kind of reevaluate like what is really going on here. Because at the end of the day, we I feel like a lot of humans we all have, we all have like the same common goal is to be happy and, um, just be just have a happy family and a health a healthy family and just have you know a consistent life. Yeah, for the wanna, most part, you don't want to want for anything. Yeah, and that's like the majority of Americans. I'm not speaking for like the crazy motherfuckers out there like killing people. I'm just speaking for like my neighbor. Yeah. Who is just the average Joe goes to work every fucking day. Like I respect the shit out of that. And uh, like we might not agree on the same things as like values or political ideologies or um, we might not even be the same religion, but we can both come to the agreement that we both kind of want to be happy and we can respect each other as men because we want that, you know? Yeah. And fuck it. We live beside each other. So why not? Yeah. Like we could choose to be cool or we could choose to not be cool. Yeah. Let's be cool. Yeah. So I was asking you about the, uh, well, when we were eating, I was asking you about if you were in the shooting or not. If you were in Vegas when that hotel, was it a hotel that yeah. was shooting out into the Jason Aldean country concert? Yeah. And uh-huh. injured like over 700 people and killed like over 70 people. Yeah. Um, I was asking because I was researching that like crazy last week. And... That was like one of the worst massacres that's happened in the United States in a really long time. Um, I had a dream that same night that I was not like I was a shooter, but I was somewhere where it was getting shot up. And I was like, there's no fucking way this is happening because I was just researching this. Yeah. But in my dream, it felt super realistic. Yeah, dude, that's um, it's so crazy because I, to answer your question, yes, I was in Vegas when that happened. Um, but I had no idea that it was going on, which is what I told you. Um, my grandmother, she called me and she was like, hey, are you OK? And I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I be? And then she's like, well, I don't know if you've seen the news, but popping off <laughs> literally. And um. Yeah, it was definitely a very, like, surreal ordeal, 
you know, especially because I lived in Vegas at the time. And it was like, dang, this is happening, you know, 10, 15 minutes from where I live. Um, but like going into you having that dream, dreams are terrifying sometimes, right? They can be like super happy or they can be like super not happy. So it's kind of crazy that you were researching it, but that's probably why you had that dream is because you were researching it and you know, you're like, geez, this is insane. And then like you went to sleep with that on your brain and there we go. Now you're there. Yeah, I was late at night too. I was laying in bed and uh, I was researching it on YouTube. And this motherfucker, dude, he brought in a lot of luggage into his room. Yeah. But it's crazy how our brains can go that way, you know? Like we can be thinking about something or have something in our thought mm-hmm. and then actually dream it. Honestly, like our brains are, they're our source, you know, like. Your thoughts are perpetual. You know, you're constantly thinking about something. There's always an influx of information. And it's it's really easy to let your brain just kind of go rampant. Like, I'm sure everybody who may be listening to this has had a night where they were just kind of on YouTube for an hour. And then you come across some content and you find it a little interesting. And then, like, you're like... Jeez, I don't watch like 15 videos about this. <laughs> yeah, and then like a week later, it's on your recommended. Yeah, and it just, you know. So you have to be very mindful about the type of content that you watch. Um, because you are what you eat. I've said it before. I've said it to you. I live by, that's like. When I asked uh, Kirby if he had, like, something that he goes by, right, um, I didn't get around to asking everybody, but um, my answer was going to be that you are what you eat, right? And that's not just food. It's the content you consume, right? It's what you watch. It's what you hear. It's what you see. It's what you feel, you know? Um, if you're not mindful of what you are consuming you become that and you know i'm all about like self positivity as like i believe anybody can at the very least become okay at whatever it is you know first you just got to put a little bit of effort into it and then you know study it figure out how it's done all right and if you can do that you can great but this kind of goes back into the consequences thing all right if you are consuming negative things right you're going to get negative outcomes so just if you always keep that in mind which is what i try and do is just keep it in mind like if i'm having a bad day or if i'm having a bad week or if i'm having a bad month or if something goes wrong or if anything that makes my brain Deem, like, oh man, this sucks. Right? If I get that feeling, I just have to be mindful and I try and consume better content. Right? Because that means, like, it's not a direct correlation, but I don't know. If I'm watching, like, negative things that are negative, I feel like my life starts to become a little bit negative in some capacity, not necessarily full, 
but like I'll always revise the things that I'm watching or like I'll look at the things that I'm eating, right? And I'll be like, man, like I feel like trash this week. Like, what have I been eating? And I'll be like, oh, I went to McDonald's three times. Yeah. Week. Oh man, I had a peanut butter milkshake or I had a whole pint of ice cream. That's probably why I feel like trash. But then like the next week I'll be like, okay, I'm going to drink a ton of water. I'm going to eat some fruits. I'm going to make my food only have like seven ingredients, six ingredients. Right. And those weeks, like, I'm like, oh man, I kind of had a good week, you know, and everything's not instant. Like all gratification is not instant. Some things are delayed. And I feel like, like we constantly live with our emotions and our thoughts and our feelings. So, we're really not get, like in the moment. Yeah, you may get like a like it may flare up. But I feel like emotions are very delayed. To be honest, right? You could be. If you react to something, you'll be like, man, I wish I could. Did this differently at that time. Like guilt. I mean, people feel guilty about something they did like guilt tends to stay with people for a long time it's a delayed emotion and it's powerful yeah i mean there's a action is always first you know and then there's reaction so i mean there's literally no around that unless you planned unless you know what the action is and then you wait for it to react to it but Mm -hmm. For the most part, people really don't know what is coming up. Like I've had this conversation with uh with a buddy of mine and he he's uh he works where I work. Mm-hmm. Um he's a cool dude. His name is Bo and he listens to this podcast, so he won't mind me talking about him. What up, Bo? Um he's a cool dude, super cool fucking guy, and we were I think I'm pretty sure we were discussing like there's some people out there who are like one car wreck away from just being in a financial, you know, like disaster. Yeah. Or one trip to the ER before, you know, losing everything that they have or just one fuck up before their life being completely torn apart. Yeah. And that could be that could be anybody, man. Like you never know when <laughs> You might take the wrong fucking turn. Next thing you know, you're dead. Like that could be any fucking time. So I kind of, I kind of take that into consideration almost every day, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and I can I, I know that like I respect the that you work out every day. Like I respect that so fucking much. And I want to get to a point where I'm in the gym every you know every other day as well. Um. But no, there is no, but I'm just going to, I'm going to do it. Um, I just got to get around to it. Um, but I kind of live with that. You ever heard about like memento Mori? Yeah. Yeah. That that's literally engraved in my brain. Can you, I've heard of it, but I'm not familiar with what it means. Exactly. I believe is remember your, uh, your death or remember your fate. Like we are all destined to die. 
Or like remember that you are mortal. Yeah. So it's Latin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, that's true. Uh, it's important to keep it in mind and to, you know, kind of piggyback off of what you were just saying. Like a lot of people are one bad day from uh, many bad days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm really into stoicism and uh, you know, like you've read uh, one of Ryan Holiday's books, uh, Ego is the Enemy. But um, on TikTok, I got one of the, I got a TikTok by him and um, it was just saying that something to, or like, stoicism is very interesting because there's always a bunch of different quotes, right? And like, you could pretty much just like the way stoicism works is choose one and live by it. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot, a ton of them. there's a lot, choose one and live by it. Mm-hmm. Right. And one that I really liked was uh, Amor Fati. Mm-hmm. Love fate. And, you know, if you have a bad day, be like, but more fati. All right. I love that I'm having a bad day because I'm alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you have a good day, I love the fact that I just had a great day because I'm alive. All right. And, you know, when you if you have a positive mindset, you start to put things into perspective. Right. And the reason I love working out is because it removes that mind fog. Right. Um, it, it there's a lot of times where you. Like I haven't worked out this week. Right. I had a really bad week last week and it kind of followed me into this week. And um, I've been like so scatterbrained all week. All week, I've just been like, God, what am I going to do? What, what what, do I need to do? Right. But I, I love the fact that I had a bad week because it puts into perspective my life and where I'm at. And like the reason that I had a bad week is because I'm not satisfied. Right. And so it reminds me that I need to get on my P's and Q's. Right. I need to, you know. Take control again. Be like, hey, Marquise, you got to go to the gym because you need to clear your brain, right? You need, like, your body wants to move, right? Your heart's always beating. Why are your legs not always moving? Or, you know, you want to be, like, the only time you should be at home is, you know, I say after 5 p.m., (laughs) right, when you're starting to relax because your body wants to move, Right. Why do you think so many people when they retire? Right. Like. Statistically. They tend to pass away shortly after they retire because they they've stopped being productive. They've they're not doing anything. Right. And, you know, there's a guy that comes into my gym. He's the older guy. And he was like, man. If I stop coming to this gym. He's like, I'd probably die. Because. I don't have anything else to do, you know, but like, why would I not listen to someone older than me? Like I got, I'm around a bunch of older individuals at my job just because like I work at a gym and I I love it because I get so much wisdom, right? 
Like I'm around people who know who've been on the planet longer than me. All right. Like, yeah, I'm going to listen to them. All right. And I don't want to make mistakes that I don't even have to make. Right. That's that naivety that I'm talking about when you were like a teenager as well. Right. You just want to like, oh, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Go figure it out the hard way. Or you could like take the advice of somebody that, you know, if you remove your preconceived notions about them and just like listen to them and be like, hey, you probably don't want to do that or try it out. See how it goes. Right. Like they don't care. Right. If someone I always say that if somebody offers you their knowledge, take it. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's your life. Right. You got to live with your decisions. You got to you want to learn the hard way by all means. Be your guest, (laughs) you know. Um, But if someone like offers you some wisdom and they give you a little bit of perspective, especially somebody you respect. Right. At the very least, you know, take into consider, ponder it, sit there, think about it. Think, okay, if you still want to take that risk, go for it. But be smart, be educated. Right. Um, Dang. I went on a tangent. <laughs> Do you like that? <laughs> that was funny as fuck. Oh, man. So, have you watched um, the new Dave Chappelle special on Netflix? I have not. I've, I've seen it calling my name. It is really good. Yeah? Yeah. I'll check it out today. Um, I don't know how I feel about it, man. Like, I want to I wanna talk to... I kind of still haven't digested everything that everyone is saying. For the most part, like, I keep, I keep looking on social media and all these, like, big news pages are reporting, like, people want Dave Chappelle canceled. But then I'll click on a comment and nobody wants him canceled. Like nobody in the fucking comments is saying, yeah, cancel Dave Chappelle. Everyone in the comments has his back, you know. And that's been CNN, Bloomberg, like fucking Washington Post. Um, It's just. It's just like. Is the media wanting to push this on us to like, yeah, you know, Dave Chappelle crossed the line, so we should probably think about get him, getting him canceled. Because I watched a special, man, and um, in the last two specials, he talks pretty heavenly on, or not heavenly, heavily on the, like, LGBTQ community. And just basically, it's comedy, so he dogs the shit out of them. Um, which to me, it's fucking hilarious. Like, I'm not going to sit back and be like, yeah, it's wrong. It's, it's probably his best comedy because I'm somebody that really pays attention to the details, Mm -hmm. especially in that art, because that's kind of like what I want to do. You know, I really just, I kind of like, that's the master, you know, I'm taking notes. Yeah. He spins around to his storytelling all the time. Like he'll start with something and then he'll lead on. It'll be very flat and then boom, punchline. And then he has a crowd going crazy. You know, it's kind of, 
it kind of you kind of have to have some kind of intellect to kind of understand his comedy. Yeah. Because if you're not very culturally educated or know like what's going on socially in the country, then mm. you don't you won't understand the comedy. Um, and this isn't like brand. This isn't something that just started this year or last. This shit's been going on since he started doing comedy. Yeah. Like he has been making fun of everybody for a really long time. And now it's getting to a point where people are, or not people, but mainly like big source media is pushing this cancel culture agenda. Um, which I think that could be like, it's obviously they're in a power position, so it could be extremely dangerous. So I kind of want to get your take. You obviously haven't watched it, but I don't want to spoil it for you. But at the end, I think the ending is brilliant because, like I said, I'm not going to spoil it for you. I want you to watch it, but I um, just kind of want to get your take on the power of what cancel culture really means to you and what... Mm-hmm. And then who knows, we might spin off and kind of talk about other things that, you know, um, cancel culture is very interesting. Um, I actually didn't even just to kind of make a point here, but I didn't even know there was any backlash on his special. Like it's huge. I didn't even know that at all. I, I, I know why I don't know that because I, I get a lot of my information from Twitter and, um, I recently uninstalled Twitter from my phone, um, Twitter and Facebook, but that's another story. Uh, but, um, cancel culture. I think it's ridiculous, but I also think it's like one of those necessary evils. All right. Some people deserve to be canceled. Like some people deserve to lose their platform because, of the things that they say they could be spewing a dangerous rhetoric but like at the same time some people like a majority of people are just soft right like what i was going to ask you when you were just talking to me about it is like how did you feel about what he said you know does it hurt you no okay was he talking about you directly specifically no okay well then like why do you care what he thinks you know, but everybody always wants to be like, oh, you shouldn't care about what the next person thinks. Oh, you, you're telling me I shouldn't care about what people think. But like when somebody who isn't talking about me directly and they're just, you know, saying whatever they want to say. Right. You care about that. Maybe you shouldn't care about what they think. Right. Because that's just one person. Are they affecting your day to day life? Right. Are you happy? Probably not. That's why it's affecting you so much. All right. So, you know, like, obviously, I don't think anyone should be made fun of, but he's a comedian. That's what they do. Nobody's safe. Right. When we went to the Zanies, right, like, I'm pretty sure two out of the three or like more, like every every one of them said something about me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right there, front and center. Front and center, only black guy. I didn't take it to heart because it's comedy, right? Like I, I thought it was funny, you know. So like, cancel culture is very interesting to me because 
you know, people get so worked up. But, like, people are also so hypocritical, you know. But it's like, man, just stay in your lane, right? If he ain't talking about you specifically and directly, he ain't name dropping you, just let go, right? Enjoy it for what it is. Because at the end of the day, are you going to, like, what percentage of people actually are going to say something, like, whenever they're in front of Dave Chappelle? Right. Internet keyboard warriors is what it is. Albeit, there's probably a couple of people who are going to say something, right? They're going to heckle him. But, like, all right, you heckle Dave Chappelle, you're never going to be allowed back in this venue, you know? And he's probably going to forget about it in a week. All right, so that's all that people have is their social media platforms to raise hell. But, like, these are also the same people that tell you you shouldn't care about what people think. It's oxymoronic, in my opinion. But um, that's just how I feel about cancel culture. I don't understand it, but I get it. I think that uh, you'll have to watch because at the end, he can't. I mean, he he makes a brilliant like. Like I said, he always comes back and makes that punchline at the very end. Oh, yeah. And uh, with Dave Chappelle, man, his storytelling is really, it's it's emotion. It's really emotional. Obviously, he is a funny guy. But uh, I think that Dave, Ch- like Dave Chappelle is really emotional when it comes to, um, especially, you know, when it comes to his people mm-hmm. and, you know, the African-American community and, you know, like the shit that's just been going on for a really long fucking time. And it's been really spotlight spotlighted, um, like this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a way of like re- bringing it back to where everybody, even the simple minded people can really understand. And, uh, the storytelling is brilliant. you're going to have to watch it and really understand. And, uh, the thing with cancel culture, especially, you know, when you're trying to, cause the cancel culture, you know, it's not really like an organization. It's not like the CIA Mm. is trying to fucking take Dave Chappelle down. It's just some fucking like people that don't agree with the, his actions that want to deplatform him basically. Yeah. It's not like the end of the fucking world. And that's the way that I see it. You know, it's just keep fucking moving. Like you think that Dave Chappelle, this one guy is causing all this heat for you. Like you probably need to step, take a step back and come to the realization that there's more, there's a serious, there's a bigger threat out there than a comedian. Yeah. Man. It, I feel like cancel culture kind of backfires on the people trying to cancel. Oh, absolutely. In a sense, right? Like every time that, you know, I don't even know the acronym, dude. Like, I know that sounds bad, but like it's one that I just can't remember for the LGBTQ. I, I hope I said that right. <laughs> We're canceled. Shut this bitch down. We're fucking finished. Anyways, the point is, is like, I feel like every time that, you know, someone says something about that community, 
um, it kind of backlashes and like they get stigmatized for exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every time. And it's like you, you got two ears and one mouth for a reason. Sometimes you just need to shut the fuck up, you know? Right. Nobody cares about your problems. That's the truth of the matter, right? Just the same way that nobody, like, you don't care about that person beside you's problems. Like, maybe you're a little empathetic to it, but, like, nobody cares, right? That's your life. You got to figure it out. And the louder you are, the less people care, right? Obviously, I don't think that anyone should be discriminated against or should be targeted for attacks or anything like that like not even a little bit but like it's it's the loud minority you know like i feel like the large majority of people like also i feel like the large majority of people well that community is a little different i feel like um and i say it's different in the sense that like you know, they just want to feel welcome. And I 100% understand that. But like, you got to be able to take your lickings and keep it kicking. Right. It's just part of the process, right? Like people are going to be disgusting to you and say hurtful things all the time. But like, don't take it to heart. Right. You know who you are. You know your true self. Right. If you feel you need to cancel somebody, by all means, go for it. But like, it's Dave Chappelle. Really? You think he cares? That's the first step, right? Like, maybe I'm sure he does care. But like, do you think that he cares if you try and cancel him because of his jokes? It's comedy, right? Comedians now, I feel, are a little bit more censored, if anything, than previously. Right, like my one of my favorite all time comedians, Eddie Murphy. Right? Yeah. And like his comedy from, you know, like in the eighties. Yeah. Nobody's doing comedy like that. Yeah. Where it's just like raw. Like, yeah, there's a few people doing comedy like that, but like nobody's you can't replicate Eddie Murphy or Richard Pryor or all these old time comedians that were just vulgar and like absolutely hilarious. Right. Comedy now is kind of targeted at the same groups of people. Right. Where it's like, why? Because they don't understand comedy. Right. Like comedians are going to go after the easy targets. Making yourself an easy target. (laughs) That's the thing, man. Like, I think that. Words are words, and somebody can put a meaning behind a word. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know where I fucking grew up, man. I grew up in a white town, and growing up, dude, like I got, I got called a beaner, I got called a spick, got called a wetback, and to me, those words really did not hurt me. Like, honest to God, yeah. they still don't. Like, they mean zero to me. And it might be a little different, you know, with an African-American, if you get called the N-word, because that has a lot of history to it. 
Dude, I, I'll tell you a story, and I'm just remember your thought, right? I remember when I was working for um, Airbnb. Um, I used to longboard. Uh, sorry, Jimmy, I broke your longboard. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, um, I was riding my longboard, listening to my headphones, listening to music, you know, just going down the sidewalk. Sidewalk. And it wasn't super loud because, like, I like to be able to hear everything, right? And, like, I rode by this homeless lady, and she was like, watch it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I looked at her, and I just started laughing because it's like, really? Right, like, that's that's all that you have? Yeah. Right? Like, is this word that, like, yeah, it has a bad history, and, like, yeah, it could, like, affect me but like i'm such a like high-spirited person and like i'm so unbothered by that like that's all that you got like look at you that's probably why you're homeless is because like <laughs> you're a bum <laughs> you know yeah. like this is what you invest your energy into right so obviously it made me feel some type of way but like it didn't hurt me right? i wasn't hurt right like i can't be hurt by somebody who Anyways, <laughs> but uh, back to what you were saying. That's the story, right? Just to kind of yeah, give man, you a I mean, perspective, you know. Now that I look back at it, man, and it it always seems that I'm shitting on these people when I'm not, you know, because they're not they're not me now. They don't like they're not thinking the way that I think now, you know, like mm -hmm. I look back and I kind of feel a little sorry for them because is that, if that's all you fucking have, then I have you in the fucking, yeah, I, I have you like, I fucking own you. If that's I all got you your got, number. I, you, you're in my bag. <laughs> yeah. Like if that's all you fucking have is pointing out my ethnicity is pointing out the obvious yeah. Uh, obviously, those are racial slurs, but those are racial slurs about my ethnicity, you know, my nationality. Yeah. So if you're going to point out the obvious, bro, so. Like, you want I mean, me to, do you want me to point out the obvious right now? <laughs> I mean, it, uh, words, you know, back then, uh, still now, you know, now and then people will say it to me jokingly. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm a grown fucking man now. We're grown. Yeah. We're not kids anymore. Like, nobody's going to say, like, honestly, nobody's fucking said some wild shit like that to me. Ever. Like, and I don't think it's going to, like, happen, to be honest. Maybe if you're, you know, on a longboard going down city streets and you go by a homeless person. But, like, <laughs> homeless people, they don't homeless care anyway. Homeless people are bold as fuck, dude. Dude. Like, <laughs> like when we went to Nashville. Yeah, what the fuck, bro? Like, how are they so goddamn bold? They're Where so they got to lose? Nothing. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Repo their house? <laughs> Dude, fucking. Oh man, I can't believe you sat out there like arms crossed, like nothing was about to happen. Yeah, cause nothing was gonna happen, dude. But I was like, I'm gonna go inside and take a piss, <laughs> dude. You should have seen that fucking bathroom. It was bad. Bad, bad? Yeah, we went, um, for the people that are listening, we went to Nashville to go watch stand-up comedy, uh, the great Ari Shafir, and 
we stopped in some kind of shitty part in Nashville and <laughs> we took like the first exit and we went to this gas station. There was like 20 fucking bums out there. The dude across the street selling his Jordans. Selling fake Prada, Gucci, Jordans, uh, like any, anything that you can probably get your hands on, on fucking Wish. <laughs> and like we pull up, bro, and I'm strapped, obviously. But I'm not going to pop a homeless dude because what are they going to do? Bite me? <laughs> like a Viking? <laughs> All I got to do is like push them, right? Because they're fl- they're flimsy, bro. But at yeah. the same time, they might be on crack. So you don't never know. Yeah. Like, it might take three of us to take one dude down. <laughs> so, but yeah, we went in the bathroom, dude. And it, was, it was bad, dude. I didn't even close the fucking door. I didn't touch shit in there. <laughs> Pulled my dick out, pissed in the toilet. Dude, the fucking sink was like halfway full with mucky, like muddy water. And I was like, I was like, dude, I'm not even going to wash my fucking hands in here, dude. I just darted out of there. I had uh, some sanitizer in the car, so I just rubbed my hands with it. And that was it. But. Yeah, just fucking. Homeless people are bold, dude. There's another time uh, Isabel and I, we were riding those those little scooters, the Lime scooters yeah. through Nashville. Yeah. And we passed through this little shitty part. And there's a bunch of homeless people sitting in the corner. And she rides by and they were like, hey, you got change? And she was like, she didn't say shit. She just kept going. And I ride by and they was like, hey, man, you got a, you got a dollar or two? And I was like, man, I don't carry money like that and uh he was like man that's what you all say motherfucker just some <laughs> shit like that and i was like what the fuck are you cuss like in my head i'm like why are you attacking me bro like you should take action and fucking get off the street bro <laughs> like uh, that's what they all say dude that shit kind of pissed me off i was like i wanted to go back and be like why don't you fucking get up and fucking take action and stop being a bum and just keep on pushing, bro. I almost got my fucking scooter taken away from me from a, a, a pill head too, bro. Jeez, dude. <laughs> dude, I like got all, I'm like standing, right? And I'm, I'm looking around and this dude was like, Hey man, let me get like, let me ride it. And I was like, dude, no fucking way. Cause if this dude takes off on that fucking bike or on this little scooter, like, it's my card on there, bro. Like, <laughs> dude can ride it for miles. And I have to take a picture of it and turn it in. Yeah. And uh, I was about to get off. Like, I was about to leave it there and take a picture of it. And, uh, like, the wheels lock, if it's not, if it's if you're not paying for it, the wheels lock. Like, you can't really move it. Yeah. And... I was setting it up. I was about to take a picture and he was like, Hey man, let me ride it. Let me ride it. And I was like, all right, bro, go ahead. I'm about to get off. And he was like, nah, man, like put a dollar on there. And I was like, dude, it's my fucking, like, nah, it's my brother. card. That's not how this work. Yeah. He was asking me if I wanted like pills or some shit. And I was like, dude, no bold. The homeless, the homeless. I think that no comedian really hits on the homeless. I'm going to start doing that. Because it's fucking hilarious. If I take a, like if I take a like a step back and look at the homeless community, it's pretty funny. 
I went to a Starbucks in Nashville once. This mm-hmm. is during the same time. Yeah. And dude, I walked in and there was like five homeless people in the corner. And it smelled like shit. And I couldn't even like dude, you know when you walk into a Starbucks it smells like coffee? Yeah. The shit overtook <laughs> the coffee, bro. <laughs> Like, how does that even happen? Like, coffee's supposed to be, like, one of the strongest smells to fucking get rid of anything. And it took the fucking, it took, like, this musk took it away, bro, and just fucking filled the whole room with a shit fucking, like, body odor and pigeon shit. Dude, it was bad. I was trying to order my coffee, and I'm like, dude, I can't, bro. Like, the coffee's probably going to taste like them, and I just couldn't do it, bro. But we're getting canceled, dude. Huh? We're gonna get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking care. It's funny. <laughs> Fuck you, bro. Oh. <laughs> which homeless man is listening to this right now? Like, come on now. You ain't listening to this, bro. Yo, oh my god, dude. I remember one time I, um, so. When I lived in Vegas, <laughs> there's this uh, gas station on the corner. Um, and I used to ride the bus to work when I worked for Airbnb. And um, I remember I got off of work one day and I was going to the gas station. Um, and there was this lady. Like, she was pretty young, honestly. And she was like, hey, you got any, you got like a dollar or something? And like, honestly, I'm very generous to homeless people, right? Um I don't see any reason to like just go out of my way to be an asshole to homeless people, you know, like, like these people are down on their luck. Like that's the truth of it. It's just like they were one bad day for many bad days, you know, and they had that bad day. And, um, you know, I gave her a dollar and she was like, thank you or whatever. She's like, but her story was like, Oh, can you, help me get some food because I'm pregnant. I was like, yeah, whatever. I just got paid. Come on, girl. We both eating. Come on. And uh, whatever. Fast forward like a week later. Same girl. Same story. Didn't remember me at all. I remembered her. Same same exact story. And I was like, but I... (laughs) I helped you out before <laughs> at the same place, you know, like, like, how are you helping yourself? You know, like, is this what you do on a day-to-day basis? And like, obviously everybody's situation is different, man. Like, dude, I, when I was working for 2K, I remember, um, I had to, I was also taking the bus to work and dude, there was some guy, he was just strung out, right? He was just like walking in circles by the bus stop. And I didn't get off there. I just kind of seen him. He was just walking in circles. And I went, I think I had to go back to my job. And it, the whole trip was like maybe three hours long, four hours. Right? By the time I rode the bus back, this dude was still walking in circles. Right? Obviously strung out on something. So, like, it's sad. But, like, that's the point of comedy is, like, comedy is supposed to relieve these sad situations and like when people don't take comedy like that it's it sucks right yeah. it sucks because then you have people trying to cancel genius 
people who make these sad situations absolutely hilarious, <laughs> like Dave Chappelle. Yeah. All right. And it's just like, man, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, take it's a joke. Take it. I've always found comedy and tragedy like every fucking time, man. That's what I can't take any like any tragedy. Um, that's that that's happened. I really can't just be like, oh, this is gonna change. Like, yeah, it might change the world, but in my eyes, it's fucking hilarious. I always find some comedic twist around, you know. Yeah, it's. You have to though, because the uh, what's the alternative? To sit there and be sad indefinitely? Yeah, mope around and like you know. no, I'm gonna be sad anyways because it happened, right? But like, might as well get a smile or two or a laugh. Yeah, you know? all right. Like when when I die, I say this right. When I die, I want my funeral to be a celebration of my life. I don't want it to be a somber event, right? Because like, yeah, be sad, but, like, don't dwell on the sadness. Dwell on the, like, positive things that I did, right? Like, on the character, on my character and, like, my person. Like, how did I treat you? Did I treat you with respect? Yeah. Did I screw somebody over in the process? Probably. <laughs> it's a stepping stone, brother. Come on now. <laughs> Marquise was out here stepping on necks. Yeah. Curve stomp, baby. Come on. <clears throat> Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, it's funny. Homelessness is, it's something that I don't, I don't think I've ever heard any comedian speak about it. Joe Rogan talks about it, but he talks about it in a way of it's a problem and it obviously is, but absolutely. How do we solve that problem without thinking outside the box and thinking outside the box could be potentially dangerous because you can say something that it might offend somebody, but at the same time, you can say something that might just be the problem-solving action. Yeah, it's important to. With that being said, it's it. That's why it's important to speak your opinion. Right? You never know; it could be the problem-solving thing, right? So, it like homelessness is a tough problem to solve because. Obviously, the solution would be to, you know, try and help these people get housing and, you know, try and place them in jobs. But that's not the issue. The issue is that a lot of homeless people are strung out on drugs. Right. So how do you, you know, get them to become a functioning member of society again? That's the real issue. Right. And it's not like it's not as simple as oh, put them in rehab. Once an addict, always an addict. Right. Addicts, like the way that you don't relapse is that you have to remind yourself that you are an addict and that you don't need it. Right. But that's hard. That takes a lot of mental fortitude and everybody can't do that. Right. Some people succumb. Right. It's a doggy dog world. Strong will survive. You don't got to like it. You don't got to love it, but it is what it is. I think that we should uh, educate the youth you know, on the usage of hard drugs. And by educating them, I think that giving a visual representation of what it'll do to you, like taking them, if we took all the kids of America and took them to that fucking gas station, 
Yeah. They'd be like, holy shit, this could be really potentially dangerous. Man, like, looking back on that situation, I guarantee you no wealthy family will ever drive through that area. Ever. Like, I'll take my kids there one day. Okay. Like, you guys want to take a trip? Yeah, a life lesson. <laughs> I'll fucking make them sleep there with them. Yeah. Great parenting. What? What's so wrong with that? Hey. <laughs> don't fucking co- don't don't tell me how to raise my kids. <laughs> All right? <laughs> Shit pisses me off. <laughs> Dude, people are so <laughs> anal about that. Or when you say like, yeah, I have a dog, it's the same shit. Like they get really pissed off. Like parents do. They're like it is, but it isn't. Yeah, because a fucking human, unless you're a sped, you know, have some kind of fucking brain yeah. that can actually be like, oh, I shouldn't step out into the road. A dog doesn't. Yeah. I think that raising a dog is way more challenging than raising a human. <laughs> really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Dude, humans are fucking like. You don't need a mom and dad. All you need is like you absolutely food and shelter. Need a mom and dad. No, you don't. Yes, you do. You need food and shelter, and possibly some clothing. That's all you need to be to like to exist. Uh, to exist. I'm not saying to be a successful fucking Jeff Bezos. Fair enough. A dog, dude. If a dog fucking doesn't have a human, they're fucked. That's they're, not necessarily true. They're going to eat like birds and die. Like a, a domesticated breed of dog, perhaps. But like, you think hyenas is out here, you know? Yeah, but hyenas aren't fucking. I'm talking about dogs, man. Versus Hyenas are canine. They're part of the lupus canine family. As are wolves. I want to adopt a hyena. Good luck. I'll walk them around the park. Eating all the other dogs. Yeah. Hmm. What do we talk about next? Well, who should we insult next? Hmm. Donald Trump. What's your opinion on him? You know, honestly, I don't have an issue with Donald Trump. Me either. Like, I can sit here and be like, yeah. Like, I my issue with Donald Trump is that, like, he says very dumb things but like really i don't care right like i've said it to you before but i don't have enough money power and influence like if the government wanted to raise our taxes by 20 percent tomorrow i'm gonna just have to pay 20 percent more taxes <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna riot to the capitol and no. fucking put up a fight for what you're a fucking sheep bad <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with them either, man. I think it's just like my internal, like, wannabe leadership fucking sets in. And I'm like, I would never do that if I was a president. Yeah. But then I'm just like, I will never be a president. So it doesn't fucking matter what I think. Man, it. I think the issue with Donald Trump is like he's so non politically correct. 
and Which like we're just used to the rhetoric of a president being like the two presidents that we've had in our lifetime are George Bush and uh, Obama, and I guess Donald Trump now, and I guess Joe Biden. But like, you know, the ones that were around when we were growing up in our formative years, George Bush, Obama, right? Um, I mean, when you go from people who like hold themselves to that, like classiest, like that, that standard of like, man, look at that dude. That's the president. Like that's a, that dude's very articulate, right? He knows how to speak to people. We may not like it, but he's good at what he's doing. And then you go to Donald Trump, who's, you know, grabbing women by the pussy, right? Like, it's nothing wrong with that. If you know what, I already almost set me up there, buddy. What? Anyways, yeah. When you go from someone who has class to someone who, you know, comes from <laughs> wealth, right? Like, it's different, right? Like. I don't think Donald Trump has any class. That's my only issue with him, right? He's a classless individual. He He's not the type of person that I would, you know, want to be around. Right? Like I don't care how successful you are, right? Like you just sound like it. and maybe he's changed in his older years and maybe like the media that we see is just, you know, like maybe he's not an idiot, but like The things that he says are very idiotic. They're outlandish, and I think that he gets portrayed by a lot of people as... Because I say some crazy shit, man, and sometimes... I'm like, maybe I need to run for president at some point. It's different for you, though, because... People don't want to say it but like your reputation matters and your the way you carry yourself oh yeah and how you treat other people is probably the most important aspect as yeah like becoming a president how you treat people right and when you have this rhetoric that like all immigrants are innately bad that's not a rhetoric that i can get behind you know like, I couldn't bang with Donald Trump when it comes to finances. Couldn't hold a candle to him, I'm sure. But, like, <laughs> as far as, like, the way I view and value people, I don't think he could bang with me. Right? At least, like, people who come from unfortunate backgrounds. Right? Like, I don't think immigrants are bad at all. Right? Like, obviously, there's bad apples. Right, but to say that all Mexicans are rapists and killers, right? Like that infuriates me because it's not true, right? And there's a lot of gullible people in this country, right? There's a lot of people who will just blindly follow, right? And when you spew that rhetoric to people who are the real sheep, right? sheeple right that's what i have an issue with right so whatever i like i said but at the end of the day i don't really have an issue with donald trump as far as like um 
him being the president, like, I think he won fair and square, right? Just based off of how election works, he won the, he lost the popular vote, but he won the electoral college vote, right? Joe Biden, he lost the popular vote and the electoral college vote, so he lost. If he wants to run in 2024 and he gets elected as president again, good for him, you know? It's just like, I'm not affected by him as a person. I have this new philosophy when it comes to writing comedy. Yeah. And it it, it goes, if I can't make a dent, like if I can't change the people that I'm going to offend, like their tribe, their community, then I'm going to go all fucking hell on them. (laughs) So one thing that we can't change is obviously... Like in my current state right now, I can't change homelessness. So that was a really good fucking joke to tell. Yeah. So the next thing that I want to talk about is people being senile and being old in the White House. Like it, I watch Joe Biden talk all the fucking time and I don't even know what he's saying anymore, dude. I, it's, (laughs) he needs to be in a retirement center, bro. Like (laughs) watching him slip, like fall down the stairs while he's walking up (laughs) or trying to, he's literally falling up the stairs, (laughs) which is like physically impossible. He mastered, like he had to practice that somewhere. (laughs) And I think his equilibrium is just off, man. He's just an old man. You've never walked upstairs and just had a misstep? <laughs> never. Not one fucking time. Dude, I've definitely done it. I've never. I d- cracked a whole brand new phone doing that. No, I watch my step, bro. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, maybe you're old and see Maybe now. you're old and see now. Your equilibrium is yeah. on the downfall. Maybe. <laughs> but this guy, dude, he'll just like fucking just talk and talk and the shit that he says is comedic. <laughs> like Donald Trump would offend people and people would get pissed and I was like, haha, that's kind of funny. <laughs> but dude, Joe Biden is like a different kind of funny. He's like a funny and he doesn't even know it. <laughs> he's trying to be serious. It's a yeah, he's idiotic. like he's like, we're going to change the world. We're going to, my hair, (laughs) the hairs on my leg and the kids were rubbing it and ice cream, man. I'm just like, dude, what the fuck? (laughs) Sounds like an old man. He sounds like an old man. (laughs) He's just like in a rocking chair, just telling you a fucking story about like when he was in his thirties or forties, but he can't quite remember every detail. So he's killing Kind of telling you like just random words, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think that uh, I think that old people are pretty fucking funny because they can say some funny shit. When I'm old, I hope I make it that old because I am going to say the wildest fucking things of all time, even if they're not true. Absolutely. Yeah. Same. I thought about it and I might change my, you know, my values might change uh, with time. I say that now because 
I'm trying to make a clip, but I might be a wise old fucking man. You never know. Just giving game to little boys. Epstein style. (laughs) What? (laughs) There's nothing wrong, Epstein. Like, the shit that Epstein did, bro, there's nothing wrong with the way that he did it. Like, would you rather be molested in a fucking mansion or would you rather be molested by your uncle Randall that you have to see every Thanksgiving? Neither. I would just not want to be molested. If you had to pick. (laughs) I knew it was coming, dude. (laughs) I knew it. Neither. (laughs) Motherfucker. I can't answer that question. I don't want to be fucking molested, dude. It's fucking (laughs) terrible. It's terrible. I think that a lot of people has got like they've kind of gotten some kind of molested, you know. Oh, absolutely. I can't say that I've been molested, but I've definitely have had, you know, encounters that I did not want. Man, I say this all the time, but like, I think I was, I think one of the worst things that happened to me is I was exposed to like sex way too young. And it like definitely had an effect on how I value like sex in a sense, like, or how I view sex, I should say. Um, Because like now that I'm older, my viewpoint on it is a lot different than when I was, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21. All right. And so, um, I think that, man, when it comes to kids, this kind of just leads me to this topic. But like when it comes to kids, right, you got to be very protective of them. Right. And like very mindful of what they're consuming and who they're around, because. Man, kids pick up on everything. And you don't want your kids to. Like realistically, like, for instance, the shit with Dwayne Wade's son where he's 13 Right, like, I don't care how he feels, but, like, I don't believe that your kid should be, like, so, I don't know. I don't know. I'll say it. I, I'm, I'm trying, like, I know what I want to say, but I don't know how to say it the way that I like to word. Things. If, if. I'm a dad and I'm in the spotlight like Dwayne Wade because Dwayne Wade is in the spotlight and he is a public figure per se. Right. And he has endorsements. He has potential companies, probably stocks, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that when it comes to you parenting your children, that if they're under the age of 18, that you get a say in, you know what the fuck is going on in your household, especially as a man. I'm just going to be real here. I don't think obviously growing up, there were some kids um, that we went to school with. And in the back of my head, I knew that they were gay just by the way that they interacted with people, the way that they walked, talked, there was like, there's like two kids that I'm thinking about right now that I knew. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's something off with them. 
they're everything about them is feminine. So I think that as a, as a man, you can kind of sniff that shit out. Like be like, you know, something might be a little, it's not off with your son. You know, I'm not saying it's a negative thing, but at the same time, kind of give him that time to kind of evaluate himself. Yeah. But I'm not going to fucking sit here and be like, and, and be like, yeah, you can fucking change your body at whatever age you want. No fucking sir. Yeah, I, that's, I think that's the issue that I have with it. It's just a, like, you, you no, don't go trying to change your body. Because here's right. a, here's a fact. You're not fucking at 13. You shouldn't be fucking at 13. You haven't, exactly. as a young man, you haven't had the full pleasure of having a female, like that female interaction and that, you know, it's going to sound weird, but just that female touch sexually. Yes. But I think an even better way to describe it is just that like, or even more thorough way would be to like, you shouldn't be having any sexual experiences at 13 years old. Right. Like around that age when you're going through puberty. Right. I was jacking off at 13, bro. Yeah. I mean, but like, would you want your, like you personally, would you want your kids jerking off at 13 years old or like being exposed to sex and sexual pleasure? I mean, they're going to learn it somewhere. Well, yeah, so I'm not might as well I'm, learn it at my house. I'll I give them a piece of ass, bro. I, what I'm saying is <laughs> like, would you want your kids committing sexual deeds at 13 years old? No, absolutely not. Right. And like, obviously you want to educate your kids because at that point, that's when their bodies are going to be changing and going through puberty. But like, man, the Bible Belt is a very interesting place because a lot of the things like that preacher's daughter thing, that shit is real, dude. Right. Like if you tell someone or your kids to specifically not to do something, they're probably going to go out and do it. Yep. That works. I mean, that's with everything. <clears throat> that's like in school when the teachers would be like, put up your phones, don't have them out. Like kids are going to try their fucking damn hardest to hide their phones. Mm hmm. And it still happens. And I guarantee you, if like you had a teacher that was like, look, if you have your phones out, you're not going to learn anything. Right. And you're going to fail this class. Right. And if you're okay failing your cl this class, right. That's fine. But you're not going to be in my classroom. Right. And then you're just going to fail it because you're not in here. So I advise you to not be on your phone. Right. But if you are on your phone, I'm like one, if I see you on your phone, I'm going to kick you out. Right. Set the right expectation. Right. And then people are probably not going to do it. Right. But it, like if you just tell somebody to not do something with no explanation as to why, like if you don't explain the consequences to someone, they they don't care. Right. And like in the Bible Belt. Right. A big rhetoric is just that like so when it comes to sex. Right. No sex until marriage. Right. Just for a religious reason, which is fine. Right. I have no problem with celibacy. However, if you explicitly tell somebody not to do something, they're going to be interested in doing it, especially if you come down on them hard all the time. Right? They're going to be like, I don't want to listen to you. You don't treat me with respect, so why should I treat you with respect? 
right? Why should I respect anything that you have to say, right? But if you can respectfully get somebody's attention and like get them to understand why they shouldn't be doing these things, then you're more likely going to have a lot more success going that route as opposed to a different route, you know, but I digress. Yeah, I just don't think a 13-year-old should be considering getting a sex change at that age. Yeah, and it's just, like, if that 13-year-old turns 18 and they still feel the same way, that's different. But, like, I, I just feel like it's too much sexual exposure, man. Yeah. And it, it'll mess you up when you get older, right? Because then you'll value sex differently, all right? Was that your arm? Yeah. Jesus. My elbow. Sound like a gunshot. Hey, man. It'd be like that. I like uh, the Dave Chappelle skit where he was talking about Kevin Hart and how he was going to host the Grammy Awards, I believe, mm-hmm. and that some people found out about a tweet that was like nine years old. And Kevin Hart was talking about um, that if he found out that his son was gay, that (laughs) he would go out of his way to crash a dollhouse on top of his son's head. And they tried to cancel that. They tried to cancel him for that. And he didn't get to host the Grammys or the Oscars or whatever. He backed out of it. He did? Yeah. For that reason? Yeah, for, for what he said. He apologized, and then it was like he voluntarily backed out. I wouldn't have never apologized for that. Be like... Um, for one, he's a comedian. Two, what Dave Chappelle said is even more funny. Like, you would have to go out of your way to go buy your son a dollhouse <laughs> to crash it on his fucking head. <laughs> like, what kind of fucking psychopath, bro? <laughs> and then Kevin Hart went on apology tour for a year. Yeah. That's literally what happened. <laughs> no, nah, man, but I mean, I get it. He's trying to protect his bag and he's trying to protect his fucking financial shit. So I get it. Yeah, dude. And that's also important. Um, it like being mindful of the things that you say, right? Because words do have meaning and like you will rub somebody the wrong way. Right. And if you feel like you could have said it differently without offending anybody, and it's something that you personally don't mind apologizing for, then, like, cool. But, like, I don't think Kevin Hart would say that. I don't think he would do it differently, you know? Which is what, like, every comedian knows that, like, Kevin Hart works his ass off. Every comedian. I was listening to, like, I used to watch the episode with Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle where they were talking about Kevin Hart. They were like, nobody works harder than Kevin Hart from movies and specials and like just activities that he's doing you know like nobody's doing more than kevin hart so like if anything kevin hart can say whatever he wants to say because of the amount of service that he does for people you know and comedy is a service right you're giving people laugh so Yeah, maybe the people that are trying to cancel these 
mega successful artists like Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart. Maybe they're just jealous because they're not the ones that are there. Because <laughs> I've thought about that before. And I don't know if it was me and you that were discussing this. But like in journalism, if you, let's say you work for, you know, some kind of fucking news article page mm. and you got to do the news of the town and there's nothing going on. There's like zero news. It's just a fucking blue collared. Everyone goes to work. There's no news. All you got to do is like the weather. Like, wouldn't you want to fucking create something to a point where there's news in the town? And this is where media has gotten such a bad rep of clickbait titles. Um, Because, all right, let's say I'm a journalist and I have to write a fucking article. There's nothing going on and it's been a dry month. I could fucking go start a fire in a black owned barbershop and burn that motherfucker down and then they might never find the person that did it the arsonist and I could write about that you know like that'll be the talk of the fucking town for months mm-hmm. yeah and y- you know there's actually a, a movie are you talking about Nightcrawler yeah yeah I love that fucking movie. Same concept. Where he kind of recreates that, you know. He kind of. Yeah. Well, wasn't he like committing like, uh, was he doing like murders? At first he was like trying to get, you know, into the, into the limelight and like trying to get his name out there. Yeah. And then he had to like basically set shit up. Like, do you remember the scene where, um, he went to the fucking mansion and there was like a dead uh, lady or a dead man on a couch. Yeah. And then they went over to the crib and there was a baby, but he was alive. And uh, he could have called the police, but he didn't. He left. And uh, I think the police were already on their way. I'm not sure, but he kind of staged it because uh, I think he did call the police. I think he was the one that called the police And they asked him if he had seen like the people, the killers. And he said, no. And, but he had gotten a license plate number and he had it traced and he basically followed them around. Mm. Um, and then he followed them to this diner where they were eating and he saw that they were strapped. So what he did is, um, he called the police and basically set up like a fucking, another crime scene. (laughs) And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Like, this is, that's incredible. The way that that movie is set. That's a really good movie. Yeah, it's, uh, it's along the lines of those movies that I do like to watch. Because I don't watch too many movies, actually. Is the sun in your eyes? A little bit. But I'm glowing, ain't I? Yeah, you are. It's that melanin. Dude, I'm blind right now. Holy Jesus. That thing stopped. Yeah, it did. Oh. Well. 
You play video games? Yeah. Often? I haven't. I've been playing that uh, American truck simulator. And I know it sounds cheesy, bro, but it's fucking fun. What I'll do is I will. And I've been doing it for multiple purposes. One, it's really fun. And I kind of like. It's like an old person game. Like you start off and you don't have a truck. You don't have a trailer. So you have to basically borrow a truck and then basically drive long distances to fucking deliver, you know, the load. Mm -hmm. And then you get paid for it just depending on, depending on the weight, depending, you know, how far it is. Um, You get paid and then you kind of rack up your money. And I racked up like $300,000. Went out and bought a truck, a little Volvo uh, 18 wheeler. And I've been driving that thing around, but every day I have to pay $1,800 to pay the truck off. That's like the every day, every day. I know. And I haven't played it in like a week, so I might be out of money. Like if I log (laughs) in, I might be out of money. So I have to log in today and fucking see where I'm at. That's interesting. <clears throat> um, I have a lot of respect for people who can sit down and like focus on those types of video games. Um, just because I can't personally. Um, I have to play like something absolutely bonkers, right? Like I need some something super fictional. <laughs> like I can't play sports games. It'll, it'll drive me crazy because like I could go out there and like, try and dunk. I can learn how to dunk. Yeah. All right. I don't want to. <laughs> so like, I don't want to play a sports game because I don't want to learn how to dunk. Right. And I don't, it's going to piss me off, you know, playing NBA 2K and I can, like, I know I'll never be able to dunk like that. <laughs> and, um, but like I play uh, a lot of destiny. Right, you're literally a space super soldier, undying madman. Right, I love it. I love it. Can't get enough of it. But if I tried to sit there and play something like, you know, casual like farming simulator, dude, I'd literally rip my hair out. <laughs> I've always been like that, dude. I'm really bad at fighters too. I think I'm just bad at video games <laughs> in general. Like I play Destiny, but I'm bad. But I love playing it. I suck at video games. Yeah. That's why I kinda have to stick to like easy simpleton video games like that American simulator. Yeah. Because it's just easy. To be honest, it's kind of soothing too. Just sitting there driving that thing. It's like, and I'm listening to my music, yeah, while I'm doing it. Oh yeah. And sometimes, if I'm streaming, like I'll do some funny shit. Like I'll accidentally miss a turn, and I'll be like, "Fuck!" And <laughs> I'll just say like crazy shit while I'll be talking. Sometimes it's to myself. Yeah. But uh, 
I don't know. Something crazy will happen, and I'll I'll run into traffic and just start cussing. But do you like streaming? I don't do it to get big at all. I only do it to basically like record my gameplay. Yeah. Um. I used to play a lot more video games, uh, more specifically back in December when I, um, like a little bit before I decided to move out here, uh, I was playing Destiny a lot. Like throughout COVID, I probably played Destiny for 2,000 hours. I had a lot of nothing to do. And, um, man, I got to the point to where I was pretty good at the game. I mean, like, you know how good David is at Tarkov? I was probably that good at Destiny. Like, not the best, but, like, I could pretty much play against, like, it definitely within, like, the top, you know, 1% of players who are good. Mind you, Destiny has millions of players, so. Um, I, um... I remember I just became very toxic. Like online personas can make you become very toxic. And the reason that I asked you if you play video games was just to kind of see, you know, what your perspective on that, you know, rhetoric is, is like, if you play online games, how often do you come across people who are kind of toxic and like what type of toxicity have you run into because like me i had a real big like shit talking problem dude um like if i would play with people who i thought were not as skilled as me um i would like just talk to them really bad and like just kind of be a jerk and like now when i look back on this i like i kind of cringe at myself where it's like god dude i would not want to be around me and like I wouldn't want to play with me. So I guess that's my question to you. Is what type of in- online toxic people have you run into? I haven't in a really long time, to yeah. be honest. There's this kid that I would play Call of Duty with. And he was extremely fucking toxic, man. Mm-hmm. Like he got to a point where he was cussing all of us out. Like I would go down and go to the gulag mm-hmm. in Call of Duty and he'd be fucking cussing his goddamn head off. Like literally pissed because we're dead. And I'm in my head, I'm like, dude, it's just a fucking game. And I barely play the game too. So it's like, chill out. Yeah. Well, you added me. I didn't add you. So it's, uh, it's different, man. I mean, when back when, I used to play console. Oh, dude, I would fucking shit talk all damn day. Yeah. Um, but I'm not like. Obviously, you've seen the memes about like the Xbox Live chat lobby. Yeah. Like I wasn't like that, but if someone wanted to talk shit about me, I'd fucking you know hold my own. Yeah. But I don't anymore. Like I don't. I just shut the fuck up and play. I'll kind of criticize myself more than other players. I'll be like, "Fuck, that was stupid." Yeah. But 
Why do you think people are like that, though? Toxic to other players? Yeah, like that guy. Right. Do you think it's a... Probably because he can't say that to other people in real life because he's small. Yeah. And it's a lot of, like, people that... Oh, I mean, like you said earlier, keyboard warriors, man, they can just get online and not have the consequences as some them saying it to somebody in real life. Yeah. Like you're in the comfort of your house in your room with a Mountain Dew bottle and Doritos. You have no threat. So you're going to say whatever the fuck you want to say. Yeah. And not have any consequences. Hmm. Yeah, man, I um I agree that uh you know, when you like when I look back on when I was gaming all the time. Like I was kind of depressed, which is also why I think I was like a little toxic. It was like, I was going through like some real shit. You know, and like one of my out like outlets was pouring out my toxic behaviors onto people who in which I don't ever have to see in person. I don't have to, you know, deal with them on a personal basis ever outside of this interaction here. And um, in person, like, I wonder how people view you like say you met somebody and like in person they're super cool but like online they're just absolute different person right should you view those people differently absolutely should you yeah yeah because i know this fucking kid the kid that's so fucking toxic oh you know him i know we both know him and I'll tell you after who mm. it is. Not that it met. Not that I'm gonna like hold that against him, but you can't just fucking run your mouth online and to not just me, but like his whole fucking squad, dude. Yeah. And it, you know, I can't stand players like that, dude. Like tell me what we did wrong so we don't fucking do it again. You nailed it on the head, dude. Right. And this is my thing, because like I have a strong personality, right? And my personality is going to be strong in person and online, right? I'm pretty consistent that way, but like I'm going to talk shit, but I'm not going to talk a different type of shit online than I would talk in person, if that makes sense, right? Like I'm very consistent with my personality, right? Um, And online like people have this thing where like i guess it's the reason i'm bringing this up is because recently something like this happened right where some of like the xbox buddies that i play with that i know in person that i think you know them as well um we had a little disagreement because i have a brace of personality but like i'm the same person online and offline right <laughs> yeah as like i talk the same shit right i'll talk shit to you I'll talk like everything that I say to you online, I'll say to your face. Right. But like, you also know that like, I'm going to be respectful and like, I can also like humble myself and drop something. And, um, 
like me, I can take criticism pretty well, I think. Right. Like, obviously, I may not want to hear it, but like if I'm doing something wrong, just like tell me or. At, at least when it comes to the destiny. Right. Like I have put thousands of hours into that game. Thousands. So I'm pretty knowledgeable about the things that I know in that game. And like the guys I was playing with, you know, we were doing a raid. All right. And um, they got a little pissy with me because they were dicking around. And, and we've been in, dude, we were doing this activity for six hours. It shouldn't take that long. Yeah. Especially like me knowing what I'm doing, right? If you just listen to me, I guarantee you we'll be efficient and like, we'll get this done. They weren't listening to me. And there was a point to where I kind of just got like fed up. All right, I reached the boiling point. <laughs> and then like my asshole started to fucking come out. And um, they weren't really fucking with me, which is, I get it, right? Like I wouldn't want to be around me when I'm like that either. But also at the same time, like I apologized, like, because we're in a group chat. And I was like, yeah, my bad guys. I shouldn't react like that. But like also don't argue with me. Right, like, I told I told them like I'm not arguing with you. You're arguing with me, and like they were like, "Oh, that's fucking dumb." Like, it's not dumb. It's a thing, right? Anyways, um, the other day, like we had a situation kind of similar, and um, you know, I just called everybody out on it because I love to call people out on things, dude. It, it just it makes me feel better to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you probably shouldn't do it, but, like, it makes me feel better. That was funny. And, um, you know, like, I, 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 when I, when it, I always make sure that if I call somebody out, like, I'm always going to take into perspective what I did wrong, right? And I'll always admit to my own failures in life, in whatever situation. I feel that like that's very important is, like, humbling yourself, right? And, um, man... I don't know. I just hate that rhetoric. Like, I hate that, like, online toxicity thing. It makes me question, like, am I the problem? Are they the problem? Right? Do I, what do I need to change? And um, a yeah, big reason why I ask is because, like, I find that a lot of people play video games, dude. Like, a lot of people play video games. It's a fantastic outlet. Um, but I also find that a lot of people are pretty toxic about it as well. Yeah, I'm not a... The older I get, like the less video games I play now. Yeah. I mean, ditto. It's fun. It was fun back in my childhood because it was just, like you said, it's an outlet and there's really not much to do other than play video games. But uh, now, like, I got, I mean, I work, I have other shit going on. And to be honest, man, I, I'm not very good at the games, first yeah. of all. So I'm not, I'm not gonna fucking grind for hours and hours and hours when there's no objective for me. Yeah, I mean, I just don't find it in my adult life any use anymore. Like it's not useful to me. I'll still get on Call of Duty. I'll, I'm gonna get the new Battlefield and check it out. Yeah, just <clears throat> so I can say that I checked it out. And have, you know, another talking point 
but I'm not going to fucking grind at it every day for six hours. Yeah. And have myself a little community that I play with. I'm just that kind of, I kind of outgrew that now. Yeah. Because like, do you know where the drowning fish came from? No, that was my first. Oh yeah. Your PlayStation, my PlayStation yeah. three, um, ID, ID. Yeah. My gamer tag. So I think that this is my new outlet is like creating content and maybe just writing down jokes or yeah, creating some kind of like double sided view of something is, uh, is now my outlet is kind of like thinking and writing and creating something for me so so that who knows where this might be in a year or two or three. True. And I don't, I don't plan on stopping. This is fucking fun to me. Podcast shit is fun. It's fun learning new shit like editing. And I think it's cool, man. Like I wouldn't know where to start personally. I'd probably consult with you. (laughs) I didn't even know that I was going to do a podcast till I started doing it. Yeah. I remember I went with you. Me and David went with you to get the mics. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, I think it's important to have an outlet, right? And you know, I, I really enjoy the fact that you do a podcast. I like that I get to come on here and you know, talk, right? I love talking. I love hearing myself talk. For better or for worse. You sound great. Thanks. Appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, the best, I think it was Joe Rogan. I was listening to uh, the Rogan podcast and I don't know who he had on, but he said, uh, well, I think it was Joey Diaz. Um, they were talking and he said, you know, the best podcast or the best could have been podcast are the ones that were never recorded. Mm-hmm. Like our whole trip to Nashville, we were laughing the whole fucking way, the whole five hours. Yeah. <laughs> and my fucking like cheeks hurt that whole day because I was laughing. And that's kind of the experience that I'm chasing now, you know, kind of like. Video games don't cause that for me. Yeah. They don't fucking make me laugh or have a good time anymore. It's just not an outlet. Yeah. But uh, I think that laughter is kind of like medicine. Absolutely, dude. 100% agree. Because like when I'm having a good time and I'm laughing with my friends and we're telling jokes and we're telling stories and we're laughing at each other, that's a good fucking time. And that... I fucking forget about every little thing that might be going on wrong and nothing's wrong at that time. And those are the best conversations or those are like the best talks Mm -hmm. and they weren't even recorded. And that's just something that, you know, stick for me till I fucking die. Yeah. Do you think it would be better to have like a, an environment where, and this may seem a little overwhelming, but like, Say everything you're doing is kind of like podcast, like potential, right? Like you kind of record like a vlog, essentially. Would you be interested in a vlog? I've thought about that and I almost did it, 
But one of my favorite vloggers of all time, and I've been watching this guy since I was in middle school. His name is Casey Neistat on YouTube. Familiar with Casey. Um, I was really big into watching other people's lives when I was in middle school, like vlogs. Mm-hmm. Just, and they were like substantially older than me, like in their 20s. Yeah, 30s. Casey Neistat was in his 30s or 40s. He was in his 30s, and now I think he may be like early, like maybe 40. Yeah. Late 30s. So watching them kind of grow up is like me growing up with them, and you kind of think that you know them when you really don't. But he brought up a really good point, um, which I I never thought about until I... I've created a couple vlogs that I still have. Like... My whole thing about like who I want to become and who what I want to do is basically like I really do believe in myself and I really do think that one day I'm going to be something. So I kind of like create these little moments for myself and it's going to sound extremely egotistic, but I'm not showing them to anybody until it's time. So there's fucking podcasts that haven't been released there's like videos that haven't been released from fucking ninth grade or videos from, you know, the day that I dropped out of college, like the day of driving back. I had zero fucking clue what I was going to do, like zero fucking clue. And I made a video and I told myself that no matter what I fucking did, that I was going to be damn good at it. So I kind of look at that video every now and then and kind of remind myself like, not to forget, um, you know, where I'm coming from and where I'm going, because I think it's important. But at the same time, where I was going with the vlog thing is, um, you know, he had to create moments, like when he was around his family, like he would seize the opportunity to be like, oh, this is a good moment for a video, and he would whip out the camera. When essentially, like, his wife and his family members were like, hey, right now we're having family time. It's probably not good to do that. But in his head, he didn't know that. He was just creating another video. Because that's what he was chasing was the views. Um, But that's why I think that he doesn't do vlogs anymore. He just does, like, creative content and other things. Yeah. Commercials. Vlogs are very personal. Yeah. Um, because they are essentially somebody's letting you into their day to day life. Um, and then they are, yeah, you know, essentially imposing a camera onto people around them and like publicizing your private life. So, uh, I definitely used to watch a lot of Casey, like, I want to say like 2017. Like, when he was doing his daily vlog, like, the second iteration of it, man, I watched probably every episode, you know. Um, New York seems very cool. Yeah. And he made New York seem that it was a great place to be. Yeah. Riding around on his boosted board. Dude, I wanted a boosted board so bad. I wanted to... For the longest time ever, man, like he was a huge inspiration because absolutely growing up, like my whole fucking since I was eight, like literally eight, 
I wanted a camera. I wanted to basically like be a filmmaker and kind of just make my own stories as I go. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted that. I still do, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of taking a different approach to it. Kind of. I'm not going to lie. I kind of fucking suck at storytelling, so I'm still working at it. Do you watch, do you study how to st- tell a story? Sometimes. Man, anything you suck at, you can get better at. Yeah, I know. That's the beauty of life. Yeah, and even if I never get good at it, at least I tried and I can not, uh, I'll never, you know, in my deathbed, I'll be like, I never, I never fucking found out if I was good yeah. or not. I think that's what they call living with no regrets. Yeah. But yeah, man, just, I've always wanted to be like, Casey was a huge fucking inspiration. So even in high school, like I did a paper on him. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I did like, I mean, I, it feels like I know him, you know, he has like three brothers and a sister and his dad in Connecticut. It's just fucking crazy how I think that I know this guy. Yeah. And it's it could be dangerous. Like if this information were in the fall in the wrong hands, yeah. they could potentially harm the guy. So That's why I love the fact that he never shows his kids. Yeah. Because he also understands that. Right. And he um say like, I'll show you me. And my wife, she doesn't seem to mind. And I'll show you the back of my kid's head. <laughs> she exists. But uh yeah. I, I love Casey's videos, man. He was definitely very inspirational. Um, the only negative is that I found myself going down the YouTube rabbit hole. Right? Like when you enjoy some, some content so much, it just makes you want to watch another video. Yeah. And you end up wasting so much time. And that was the one thing that I really. Was that me or you? I think it was me. It kind of felt like me, dude. Same. <laughs> it felt like I need a shit. Dude, I've been having a shit all fucking day. It was bad. Tell them what you did. Tell the public what you did. All right. So what's today? Saturday? Yeah. Right. Um, so I'll go back to last night. I got off of work around 2 a.m. Mm. Late. Mm-mm-mm. And I came home, took a shower. Oh, I came home and I never, I almost never do this, but I do when I want to like be by myself and kind of think, um, came home, got in the shower and came back downstairs and started to make myself some alcoholic beverages, make myself some Jack and Coke. Had a couple of beers. Started drinking straight out the bottle. And I got a little drunk. While I was listening to music, you know, just sitting there reflecting on the things that I want. And the things that I, like, care for. Like, I'll do that. I've done that maybe since I've lived here in the two years. um, I've done that maybe twice. Two or three times. Like people will be like, oh man, getting drunk by yourself is extremely depressing. But I disagree. 
dude getting when i get drunk like by myself that's when i really kind of like i'm not getting shit faced like i'm not partying you know i'm literally just self-reflecting and it kind of just helps me open up my mind a little bit there's a big difference between because like i like drinking i don't drink all the time though right and there's a difference between someone who abuses alcohol and someone who, you know, just <laughs> just for reference, right? I'm being blinded by the sun and I've been being blinded by the sun for like 45 minutes now. <laughs> um, yeah, but like I like drinking. Uh, I think drinking is fun. But you have to be responsible. And, like, I used to work at a bar, and I've been around drunks. And, you know, like, when you're in that environment, you kind of learn a thing or two about responsible drinking. Yeah. And <clears throat> how to drink responsibly. And, like, when, I don't know, me and Eric, we're pretty mature individuals. Like, we're pretty responsible. We're usually on our P's and Q's for the most part. So, like, he's the type of person to where, like, and I'm the same way where we can drink by ourselves and not get plastered and absolutely down bad. Like, and albeit I've been plastered and down bad drinking by myself, but that's because I wanted to get like that, you know, not because I don't know my limits. No, I absolutely 100% know my limits. Um, but yeah. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like yeah, some of the best drunks, drunken days that I've had were by myself. So. Oh yeah, same. Never drink and drive. No, yeah, don't do that, dude. Dude, is that me or is that you? I think, I think we're on. <laughs> it feels like me, bro, because I kind of get a shit, but at the same time, it sounds distant. I know. Um. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to wrap it up after this little quick story. Um, I was drinking, and then I stayed up till 5.30-ish, just sitting here drinking a little bit. And I was slow drinking, too, so I was building up to it. Mm -hmm. And then I reached a point where I was like, all right, I got to wake up eventually so I can hang out with you and Kirby and whoever else was going to go. Um. So I went to bed at 5.30, and I woke up around 9, 9.30, and, dude, I immediately, oh, and I ate some Ruffles, the uh, hot Cheeto there dust ones. That's what we were waiting for. Yeah, that is what really fucked my stomach up bad, Flaming man. hot barbecue Ruffles. Um, I'll never eat them again, dude, because it was the worst, like, I've never had to sit on a toilet that long in my whole life. And I did like I shit twice in the morning. And then when we went out to eat, I shit again. So vulgar. But what we fucking how much did we drink? Like we drank when we went out. Dude, it's. I had what two Long Islands of Jack and Coke and a sip of wine. I had. Two those pink drinks. Yeah, those two pink drinks. And two Long Island. Long Islands. So it wasn't too bad. 
Dude, honestly, a lot of people were like, oh, man, I get fucked up when I drink on Long Island, dude. Like, I could have drunk five of them. They were good, dude. Dude, I swear to you, I don't know if I'm just, like, alcohol intolerant or something, but, like, I don't get jacked up like that anymore. Like, I didn't feel buzzed at any point. Albeit, we were there for a minute. My eyes felt heavy, but that's because I got four hours of sleep. <laughs> that part. <laughs> yeah. But... Other than like feeling buzzed, I didn't feel it either. Yeah, I didn't even really feel buzzed, man. I felt tired, and uh, a really good tool for, um, like being creative is kind of tiring yourself, because you start to kind of not hallucinate, but you start to have crazy ass fucking thoughts. I don't know if you've ever done that, but try to like not get sleep for a couple days, and you'll start thinking crazy ass shit, man. Man, when I played video games a lot, I didn't sleep a lot. And I don't know if you can sleep. I guess, you know what, scratch that. You need sleep. Eight hours. (laughs) Yeah, you do. But I'm saying it's not a bad thing to not get sleep. Like, if you do it once a year, you know, just to kind of test yourself. Become functionally retarded. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. But yeah, there's been, I mean, a certain amount of time. Like, my fucking work schedule is so fluctuated. Like, sometimes I'll be, you know, opening or closing. Some days I'll fucking have to go in early. Some days I don't have to go in till, like, earlier in the day. And then I'll be there till 2 fucking a.m. like I was last night. Mm -hmm. And then... Most nights I'll get home, take a shower and hop in bed and I'll be back up at like 9.30 or 10 o'clock. Just depends on how I feel or if I have shit to do. But for the most part, like I get, it just really depends, man. I don't want to lie. Sometimes I'll get eight hours of sleep. Sometimes I'll get four hours of sleep. Yeah. And I, I think it's impressive to consistently get eight hours of sleep. I don't know how people do it. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't even know if I've like, I feel like it's not even possible for me to sleep that long. I want to sleep that long every fucking day. Oh, yeah, same. I mean, not only for myself, but like, I mean, yeah, for my fucking self, like I want to be aware of my fucking surroundings. Yeah, because when you're not when you're sleepy, dude, literally your reaction time is way slower than when you're, you know, focused and you're ready to fucking rock and roll. There's a half second delay of your consciousness anyways. And I feel like the more tired you are, right, the longer that delay becomes. Yeah. Right. The, and the delay that I'm talking about is like from the moment that you you think something and then that your brain is like, all right, if I want to move my arm, right, there's like a short delay between the brain thinking it and your body doing it. Just short. Because you usually think about it before you do it. That was definitely me. That was me. That was 100% me. No, I felt it. Me too. Dude, I felt it, felt it. Well, I'm about to ship myself, so is there anything you want to say before we wrap this up? Man, this is what I want to say. I love everybody, and I don't care if you like me or if you don't, but... Love fate. Embrace challenges.
Stay beautiful. Stay blessed. Never be stressed. I wish everybody all the best. Damn. I'm going to get that tattooed on my back. <laughs> my lower back. So when I'm getting hit from the back. Goodness. I can read it. You're a mess. Yeah. You know what you signed up for when you put those headphones on. Time to take them off. Come on. (laughs) All right. Well, I appreciate everybody that's tuning in to the hour and or two hours and 30 minute long podcast. Um, We just get to talking, man. We just get to talking, 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 talking about the talk of the town. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, I'm officially the longest running uh, consistent member of uh, the Drowning Fish podcast. So in the future, I want to get, obviously, we can put more mics on this motherfucker. So I'm going to get more mics, um, hopefully Mm mid-November. I'm kind of in a financial situation right now where I kind of need to put some money back. Don't we all? (laughs) (laughs) Right. But we all, brother. Um, I'm gonna put some money back to the side for that, mm-hmm. and we'll buy some more mics. We'll get more people on. Okay. That we can get. Uh, I want to get Kirby and David and you on. We'll just all have a blast. Well, to the people that do watch, if you would like to have me on again, I am an expert at going on a tangent. So if there's anything that you want us to cover specifically. You can send an Instagram message to the Drowning Fish podcast. Absolutely. And uh, next time I'm on, we'll talk about it. Or if you want Eric to talk about it, definitely just DM. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm yeah. this this podcast is going to go up today, on October 16th. And um, tomorrow I'm going to probably do a really, really, really short podcast. Because I'll tell you after like, we get off, but... I appreciate everybody tuning in, and I hope everyone has a blessed day. Ciao. See ya.